No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Queen Esther entreats the king to revoke the decree he issued to destroy the Jews. But the king has another plan. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Esther chapter 8 on Simply the Bible. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, Behold, I make all things new. The truth is that one day God will create a new heaven and a new earth. And in the meantime, he is still the God of new things. He has taken sinners and made them into new creations in Christ. And he takes what the enemy intends for evil and uses it for good. That is what we see illustrated in the story of Esther. Haman had been the arch enemy of the Jews. He had issued a decree with the king's signature that set a date 11 months later to exterminate all the Jews throughout the Persian Empire. But God, working behind the scenes, brought Haman's evil back on his own head. He was hung or impaled on the gallows that he built for Mordecai the Jew. And now Mordecai and his younger cousin Esther were exalted to the highest positions under the king of Persia. We continue in Esther chapter 8. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told how he was related to her. Up until this time, the king did not know that Mordecai, whom he had honored because Mordecai had stopped an assassination attempt against him, now he realizes that Mordecai is the cousin of his queen Esther. So the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed Mordecai over the house of Haman. So now Mordecai becomes the prime minister in Persia. Now that Haman had been hanged or impaled, the king gave Haman's estate to Queen Esther. Now historians tell us that whenever a traitor was executed, the throne would confiscate his property. So when the king gave it to Queen Esther, it could have been an act of generosity, but more likely it was the king's way of making up for his foolish decisions that had brought so much pain to Esther and her people. Now what strikes me about this turn of events is how faithful God is to protect his people, even when it looks like everything is against them. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. So who wouldn't want the Lord on their side, protecting, defending, and blessing them? God takes what the enemy intends for evil and uses it for good. Haman had been very wealthy, but now all his wealth went to the people of God. Moreover, Mordecai was made prime minister in Haman's place and given the place of honor. He didn't seek these things for himself. He simply sought to do the right thing. But the Lord lifted him up. 
Psalm 75, 6 says, For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. Now, this doesn't mean that if you are a Christian, then you are automatically going to be wealthy and powerful. You may take a stand for Christ and get fired from your job. But what is promised to us is that God is in control of all the circumstances of our lives. And he is working them out for his glory and for our ultimate good. If we aren't promoted here on this earth, then most certainly we will be in heaven. Now, Esther spoke again to the king, fell down at his feet, and implored him with tears to counteract the evil of Haman, the Agagite, and the scheme which he had devised against the Jews. And the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it pleases the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and the thing seems right to the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamidatha, the Agagite, which he wrote to annihilate the Jews who are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that will come to my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my countrymen? Esther joins rank with many others in Scripture, including Moses, Jesus and Paul, who interceded for their people, the Jews. She had fame and wealth, yet she fell at the king's feet, pleading with him on behalf of her people. She couldn't enjoy her comforts, knowing that her people would perish. And if we would see those around us saved, then we must also intercede and be willing to sacrifice to save them so that they do not perish. Haman was gone. But the death sentence he decreed over the Jews was still intact. Esther did all that she could to remove it. Once again, the king extended his golden scepter toward Esther. This was the sign that she was accepted. Likewise, we who have believed in Jesus Christ have been accepted by God, and this gives us confidence before him to make our requests. Now, I love how Esther phrases her petition. If it pleases the king, if I have found favor in his sight, if the thing seems right to the king. This is also how we should approach God in our prayers. Because of his grace, we have found favor with him, and it pleases him that we call upon his name in the day of trouble, and we submit to what is his will. Then we make our requests known to him. That's the secret to effective prayer. Now, Esther requested that the king revoke the decree that Haman had made to destroy the Jews. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, Indeed, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows because he tried to lay his hand on the Jews. You yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring. For whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with a signet ring of the king, no one can revoke. Now, there was one problem with the queen's request. The king himself was bound by the laws of the Medes and Persians. Even though he was king, he still had to submit to constitutional law. 
And according to that law, any decree written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring was irrevocable. But what the king could do was allow them to write a new decree that would counteract the effects of the first decree. There is a beautiful illustration in this because man was under the first decree that God gave to Adam when he said that in the day you sin, you will surely die. And since then, we've all been under the law of sin and death. God could not revoke that law, but what God did do is he has issued a new decree that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, everyone who believes in him is now under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. As Romans 6.23 puts it, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are under the new decree of life. Verse 9, so the king's scribes were called at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sivan on the 23rd day. Now that's June 25th on our calendar. And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews, the satraps, the governors, and the princes of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces in all, to every province in its own script, to every people in their own language, and to the Jews to their own script and language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus, sealed it with the king's signet ring, and sent letters by couriers on horseback, riding on royal horses bred from swift steeds. Okay, so this was issued now on June 25th, and the day of Pur, that which is the lot that Haman cast, that was going to be about eight months later. And so they had about eight months until that original decree by Haman would go into effect and their enemies would rise up against them. This new decree was written by Mordecai and was translated by the scribes into all of the different languages that were necessary for the 127 provinces. And then it was distributed uh, by couriers on horseback to all of the Jews throughout the Persian Empire. By these letters, the king permitted the Jews who were in every city to gather together and protect their lives, to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the forces of any people or province that would assault them, both little children and women, and to plunder their possessions. On one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, a copy of the document was to be issued as a decree in every province and published for all people so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers who rode on royal horses went out, hastened, and pressed on by the king's command. And the decree was issued in Shushan, the citadel. And so off they went. There was a pressure in one sense they were pressed to get this out because they didn't have that much time to prepare and the decree would enable the jews to defend themselves against anybody who came against them to attack them but also to destroy their attackers uh, and that way they could protect themselves completely and this would happen about eight months later on march 7th that was the day haman originally chose by lot and it would occur in the following year, which would be 443 B.C. So 
Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white with a great crown of gold and a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness, joy and honor. And in every province and city, wherever the king's command and decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a holiday. Then many of the people of the land became Jews because fear of the Jews fell upon them. Now, the Jews had much to rejoice about. Before they were mourning, they were miserable because they thought they were all going to be annihilated. But now God had obviously changed the course of events. Mordecai, the Jew, was the prime minister. Esther, another Jew, was the queen. And now with this new decree, they had the king's authorization to defend themselves, to attack their enemies, and they were overjoyed. Now understand, nothing's changed. They still have the death sentence over their head in the sense that people can come against them. But now they had hope by believing in this new decree. And that's the same thing with us. We are still under the law of sin and death. We're going to die, but we have the hope when we believe in the new decree that has come from God the King, that if we believe in Jesus Christ, we will have new life. And that ought to bring us joy as it brought them joy. And notice here that because of their joy, many wanted to become Jews. They saw God's favor and hand was upon them and they wanted to join their ranks. And so when people see the hope that is in us, the joy that we have in the Lord, they also ought to want to join our ranks by being followers of Jesus. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow we'll see that at the appointed time, the Jews overpowered their enemies who attacked them. This results in a great celebration that would become an annual Jewish holiday. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Book of Esther on Simply the Bible.